This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Are you ready? Yep. All right. Ready. Guys, welcome to the Full Blast Podcast. This is the second anniversary show with my friends, Mareko Momasi and Craig Lockwood of Knife Talk. That's right, guys. But this ain't Knife Talk. This is a Full Blast Podcast. Before we get into it, let's take care of our sponsors. Number one is I want to thank Axe Wax. Axe Wax has been with me from day one. Axe Wax is an all-natural food-safe wax for your handles, for your steel, for your wood, whatever you got. It's great and it's food-safe, which is nice. And it finishes well. Dynamite stuff. So go to axewax.us. Put in promo code FULLBLAST10 for 10% off. And if you're in the UK, Toby Morrell is going to help you out at UK Knife Supplies. He's accepting Full Blast 10, but do me a favor, buy something else. Otherwise, he's going to bitch. He's going to complain, and he's going to bitch. So let's not have him bitching, okay? Let's have him all squared away. So go get from UKKnifeSupplies.com. If you're in Australia, NordicEdge.com.au is taking Full Blast 10 for Axe Wax. And in the EU, KnifeMaterial.at is taking Full Blast 10 for 10% off all of your Axe Wax. So get yourself a couple bucks. It's all good stuff. Next thing is, I want to thank Total Boat. Total Boat makes adhesives, paints, primers, polishing compounds for boaters. They started out doing stuff for boaters, and then they realized, hey, listen, there's guys making river tables, and people need epoxies. So they started to focus on the maker community, and guys like Keith Decent, Derek from Alden, Keith Johnson, Keith Mitchell, Jimmy DeResta are all using Total Boat. And I've been using Total Boat. Um, they're high performance, two part epoxies, dynamite. Uh, I've been using it for handle scales. It, uh, the pump system is really good because if you're a knife maker, sometimes those pump systems, you pump out one here and one there. Next thing you know, you got enough epoxy to, you know, do 10 knives. Maybe you just want to do one. So go get yourself some of that total boat. I just used their UV cure clear resin and the stuff is dynamite, dynamite stuff. So you put a little bit in then you hit it with that ultraviolet, flashlight bingo bango bongo hard as a rock it's dynamite so go get yourself some of that total boat and if you go to totalboat.com put in promo code full blast 10 you're going to get 10% off all of your total boat thank you Kristen and total boat for hooking me up total boat baby and then i want to thank andreas kalani over at ak interactive ak interactive he is making websites he's been doing it for 20 years he's got 20 plus years of experience designing and marketing for corporations before he became a knife maker this guy was doing he was designing websites corporate identities entire company branding and he will make you a great website or he'll fix your shitty website or whatever you got if you got a if you got a <laughs> if you got a sinking ship he's going to float you back up you know what i'm saying get yourself a good website because you should be in the shop. You shouldn't be fooling around in the DMs, dealing with people who just want to be your friend. You have enough friends already, okay? So go to akinteractive.com slash full blast, fill out the paperwork. Andreas Kalani will get you squared away so you know what's going on. And you can say, listen, I my, uh, my, my logo sucks. He'll fix your logo. My website sucks. He'll fix your website. I don't have a website to suck. He'll make you a good website that won't suck. So go get yourself a good website. And just to be clear... He's not just a knife maker who just started to dabble with websites. He's been doing it for 20 years. He's got he's done beautiful websites for Mike Tyree, Charlie Lionheart, Steve Schwarzer. These people like what he does. I like what he does, and I appreciate him sticking by us. Okay, so I want to thank akinteractive.com. And the last thing is, 
Big shout out to Broadback Ironworks. Broadback Ironworks sent me a uh, surface grinder that it came in handy just when I needed. And those guys, Vincent, Vince, and Ryan are doing great things with Ben and all that whole crew over there. They're making a beautiful two by seventy-two grinders that not just for knife makers, sculptors. Liara Potch is using it for her sculptures, and there's all sorts of metal sculptors and woodworkers who. Uh, uh, Keith, uh, Keith, uh, 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 Keith Mitchell. He got a broadback, and he's a woodworker, and he's using it too. So, go get yourself. One of them uh, 2x72 grinders, and if you want all the promo codes, I'm not going to ask Craig to pull up that website, but <laughs> that email, but you can just definitely go get yourself a good grinder over at um, broadbeckironworks.com. And over at Knife Talk, they have all sorts of deals. I know that they got a big deal coming up before for Blade Show, so do yourself a favor. Get yourself the best in the biz, okay? Now, speaking of the best in the biz, this is the two-year anniversary. Two years, two years of solid content every week for two years. 104. No sp- listen, listen. Craig's been breaking my balls because I didn't give us <laughs> give us 100. But honestly, I really felt it was, you know, 52 weeks in a year. I got to 52 weeks, and then after the first anniversary, I thought, all right, let's do another 52 weeks. And then now I'm, so this is two years straight of pure content. Mareko Momasi is here from Knife Talk, and uh, Craig Lockwood, the captain of the ship, is here from Knife Talk, and we're going to have some fun. Hi, guys. Hello. You haven't missed an episode in two years. Right. Wow. Thanks to you. Thanks to you. I mean. You're the guy doing it. I, I know, but I mean, you're my producer. I, here's the funny thing in talking about all these podcasts. I tell you what, Knife Talk has been such a blessing, and I love podcasting with you guys. And this is not going to be, we're not doing the How's Your Week, Ben, because we got to save that for Knife Talk, because otherwise you can't do it twice, you can't double dip. But if it was, Craig has been unbelievable on both Knife Talk and Full Blast in terms of the production value of this, and I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But yeah, it's a hell of an achievement every week for two years. Well done. It's uh, well, thank you. Go it's party. It's been a lot of fun. Cheers, it's buddy. been a lot of fun. I appreciate it. And and it, you know the funny thing is is like I I started out thinking, well, what the hell am I going to do for two years? And and then now it's just like, and I don't want to talk to people about what they have. Like that's you can get in these podcasts where just like I got a nasal and I got a this and I got a that, and it's just like let's have people relate to you know. Let's have people relate. Number two is I want to thank Marekko. It's five a.m. It's five a.m. on road where he is, and he's got up for this. So I and you're about to go fly out to Montana, and I really appreciate you making the effort to be here. Yeah, I got up at four actually to make sure that the computer was all going smooth and everything. You are the. I appreciate you for doing that because I I really felt like I wanted to celebrate with you two because we spend so much time together as it is. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a four o'clock in the morning person. Jeff is. <laughs> Jeff definitely is. I'm not. Unfortunately, <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how I'll wake my brain in. So I'm. I'm going to try to pull together. Well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wake your brain up because okay. this is kind of like <laughs> this is going to be different from all the other episodes. This is going to be if you're thinking, oh God, you're going to talk about you know oh, you know knife talk. This is not fucking knife talk. <laughs> this is going to be. We've, I've decided, we, I wanted to do kind of like my original, my original podcast was The Downward Spiral. I have a number of episodes of Nico and I, we would talk about crazy stories and I thought it would be funny and fun if we just read and talk about crazy stories. So Craig's got some crazy stories. I got a list of crazy stories around the world. We'll read them off and then we'll just kind of like riff on them, you yeah. know? Yeah. I got a few cool. Does that sound like fun? Yeah. Oh, good. You know, I was th- I was this close to actually podcasting in the hammock today. 
I got everything set up. <laughs> um, but I, I quickly moved to the pub only because we've had storms here and all the farmers are all out in their tractors zipping up and down. So it was a little bit noisy. Craig, but, let's um, be honest. You're always podcasting in a hammock. Normally, Dude. I mean, uh, I, I'm talking about they, G-string, picture buddy. this, picture this, <laughs> <laughs> the old banana you're, hammock you're hanging in the banana hammock. <laughs> I'm in a Hawaiian shirt. I'm wearing flip flops. It's, it's as if I've retired. <laughs> I feel like an old man today, <laughs> honestly, an old Floridian I, man. I, I mean, think, let's be honest, I, you're, you're in the French Riviera, I guarantee, hanging out with that G-string. You got that banana <laughs> hammock, the Hawaiian shirt and the flip flops making it look good. Believe me, are, probably. Believe me, we're nowhere near the Riviera. Me. <laughs> I love that you said the French Riviera. He's in the middle of nowhere. Exactly. In the middle of nowhere. We've got an old stinky river here. That's as close as we get to the Riviera. I mean, call it what you want, but. <laughs> stinky River. That would be a good name for the pub, by the way. The Stinky, stinky river. river. Yeah. The Stinky River. So I thought what we'd do is we find some stories. And uh, I tell you what. God bless the UK because the, here's the there's two if you're going to look for weird or bizarre or strange news and I've been doing this with uh with Nico for downward spiral and I've been doing this with when I sometimes when I have Ben Snur and Honor Kagler on at the same time those two are funny together I'm looking for strange stories and there's two specific locations for the best weird stories one is the UK and what's the second one Australia, I'd say. Florida. 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 If you want, like, if you want weird news that's usually (laughs) meth driven or alligator driven or, you know, sexual depravity or, like, (laughs) it's usually heavily drug fueled weird news, Florida is the place for you. There are a lot of free shows down there. I thought what I would do was the first story I have is, and this is not, this is this particular story is something that happened is, is, is very common in most States, but, uh, Florida license plates approved and rejected. Okay. Okay. These are, you know, so (laughs) if you, if you're buying a car, you get your driver's, your license plate, you can have uh, vanity plates. So there's, uh, McNasty made it through, but Mr. Poop didn't. Okay. <laughs> if anyone wants to get a personalized license plate, this is Gainesville, Florida. If anyone wants to get a personalized license plate from the state of Florida, it's best to become creative and avoid vulgar language. Hmm. Don't try W-A-N-K-R-R, wanker. Don't try wanker because it's going to be rejected. Florida drivers have a lot of leeway when it comes to personalized license plates. They can be described one. Uh, they can describe oneself or the vehicle and sometimes be humorous. Or others driven on the road, uh, uh, humorous to others driven on the road, but a large part it's a crapshoot for what they get. Over the last three years, Floridians have applied for more than thousand a thousand personalized license plates, um, and a vast majority rejected. Plates like "Sexy Grandma," that's S X Y G R M A, got the green light. See, they, so the basically what the story is is you kind of have to like fool the people at the right. at the dmv yeah yeah so sexy grandma got the green light while fart man was left in a virtual <laughs> dustbin do you uh, think fart man and mr poop are like proctologists trying to like put well, that, that on was their a, fucking ferrari or something well, like that that was a whole seinfeld episode <laughs> ass man ass man where yeah. uh uh kramer was getting his license plate and they got the the they got the license plates mess, mi, uh, mixed up right. and uh-huh. he goes he gets it up he says ass man i'm not the ass man and then the woman from the dmv says 
it says here that you're the ass man. And it turns out it was like a proctologist's license plate. So he's driving around his car and saying, hey, the ass man's here. The ass man's here. And he goes, you got that right. You know, the fucking ass man. <laughs> the, so, the, fer- uh, the fertility doctor that we used to have our twins, his registration was sperm one. Get the fuck out of <laughs> here. Yeah. That sperm, is so crazy. Sperm wagon. Yeah. yeah. That, I tell you what, there is, there's a guy on our street who has these bumper stickers on his car. And one is like a guy eating a girl out, and it says, I love oh. sushi. And the other oh, one is shit. like, you know, 69, and there's like these pictures on it. And I'm just like, you're coming. And then like, you know, I, I, you know, I honk for blowjobs and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, you're driving on the road, and people know who you are? Yeah. It's totally crazy. I mean, does, so, that work, does that with, work for you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, are you, you're driving to pick up your grandma, your mother? Or are you going to oh go see God. your mother and you got like, uh, you know, ice cream for dildos on your, on your car? Do you think that that guy, some for some reason, that person for some reason is like, oh, this is going to work. This is going to get me the girl. Well, uh, I see his... I, and also, I walk, what kind of talent are you pulling in at that point? I, mean, yeah. I, I have seen the driver... And I've seen his recycling bin. I usually walk past people's recycling bins and judge them. So sure. his recycling bin usually has empty 40s in there. And he does have the type of mullet. I don't know if it's a mullet, but he shaves the sides of his head and the undersides of his head. So he has like a, a haircut with a greasy ponytail, but like it's all shaved all the way around the other way. Um, Back to the story. Offensive and objectionable plates are rejected by the state. Doo-doo and you're an idiot didn't make the cut. (laughs) While more revealing, I got a P and Mo Sticky requests uh, did. So if you write M-O Sticky, that made it. And then I got a P made it. Um, Phrases with the plates like get some or McNasty made it through while... (laughs) <laughs> oh, farts, and Mr. Poop got blocked. Uh, I've got a this... fart one, if we're talking farts. Um, Go ahead. So this was in The Sun, which is like quite a big UK paper here. Yeah. Um, the Irish barista ends up in hospital after holding in farts for, around her boyfriend for two years. Oh, my God. <laughs> she should have been bottling those things. <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah. I tell you holding what. Holding in farts for two years. That's, that's hilarious. So the last ones that uh, were rejected were Get Some, um, Free Ass, and Publix <laughs> were rejected. Um, and, oh, they were rejected and then overturned. So I guess you can fight it. Like, if you get rejected, oh, I think you can geez. take it to court and get... Oh, I wow. need to have... I need license to have, plate uh, court. <laughs> I need license plate court. I need free ass. Um, I need to fight free ass. And then uh, Satan, Satan Lives uh, was rejected, and then they didn't do that. And then somebody started to do, they write, they they were applying for FU COVID, and then um, <laughs> fuck Trump and fuck Biden were both uh, rejected. But it's like hilarious because, uh, and then there's another one that says, hell no. Nah. That got rejected immediately. <laughs> hell no, nah, and hell and hell yeah, hell yeah. That one got rejected too. Uh, and then, but it, just to let you know, if you're uh, reviewing the list of drivers getting more aggressive, the ones that got the ones that get rejected all the way. And I don't know why these people think they're going to get it. Is one is violent with the e is a three, crazy bitch. <laughs> here's here's the one that you just like. What are you doing, kidnapper? 
kidnappers, oh, and then homicidal, H-O-M-I-C-D-L. They all got the axe, yet uh, Sicko and DeBully punched their way through. So These, these the, are the kind of people with novelty socks, you know, absolute saddos. But there's another thing that, like, that these retired uh retired in law enforcement they're trying to get their license plates uh, up too because they just i think that they're looking for a little bit of like leeway so one that says uh was fuzz got okay got okay <laughs> was fuzz cia baby got rejected uh fbi 19 got rejected and fbi retired got eject- rejected too so i feel like that kidnapper one would not go the direction that 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 submitter would like because i feel yeah. like you put something like that on your car you're gonna get your fucking ass kicked it's yeah. like the guy with like i eat sushi you know <laughs> it's like he gets a shitty haircut he already makes bad decisions and then he puts like these like sex bumper stickers all over his car oh. like disgusting sex bumper stickers and it's full just on like deviant. yeah yeah full-on deviant full-on deviant so there you go. So if you, they, I think the move is, and I think that in Maine they were having, they were trying to ratify. People are trying to get more and more. I think there's more copycats of like, you know, personalized licenses. I've never even thought about I, the only personalized license plate I wanted to get was one, the the number one and the letter I alternating all over the place. So it would be kind of hard to yeah. just be. So it'd be hard for the police to kind of like, you know. But at the same time, it's just like, what am I worried about? I drive like a grandmother anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, have you ever had a? What's the best? What's the best license plate you've seen? Personalized license plate. You, can they get personalized license plates in the UK? Or, you can. Or yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're very sort of restricted on what you can have with regards to like the you know certain letters you can't have. You know, there's no that you mentioned I. You can't have an I in a, in a British plate because it's too oh, similar to one and things like that. Yeah. Um, boobies, which is a classic. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a lot more letters to work with too, don't you? Yes, yeah. So traditionally, a not this is boring as fuck. But uh, traditionally, a normal <laughs> British plate uh, will sort of denote which area it was first registered in. That it'll note the year of the registration, and then just a couple of random letters at the end. Um, but yeah, so you, you can sort of, you can take them and play with them a little bit, you know. So like for example, Cardiff, which was where I was from, all the cards were C A or C F. So you could then use the C-A as the beginning of a word kind of thing, you know. Yeah, but, uh, okay, yeah. yeah, they're a bit sad, isn't they? And I think anybody who sort of pays money for that kind of thing, you, you think, oh, what, what else weird. are you missing in life? It's so weird. The personalized license plate, it's just like, I need to be identified. Like, I, mm. I don't put any license. I used to have I used to have a bumper sticker. It was like, I liked, it was like a Hudson, Va- Hudson River. And then I was just like, you know what? I don't really want people to know who I am. Like, I don't want any kind of marks on my car that would say, okay, he's got something. The bumper sticker thing is bizarre mm. because it's like, you're, why you're lecturing someone with your car, you're ruining your car, number one. But then you're kind of like giving someone a scolding, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you're telling people you're what team you're in. You? Yeah. Right. You're teaching someone a lesson. It's just like, I don't want to, my sister always wanted to get she thought the best idea was to get like this flashing finger that's that, that says no 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 you know when you take your first <laughs> finger up and just wagging you're wagging your finger then uh, you could send a message to the person behind you saying no 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 and, and i always thought that was a good idea but it's just still the same thing it's like don't i 
the license plate, the, the bumper sticker and license plate thing is bizarre to me. Yeah. And it's just like. There are rear view, like rear window uh, board readers now. Yeah. That people yeah. can install. <laughs> just type yeah. in your own message. At that point, you don't need, you know, the glamour plate. You can just type yeah. in whatever behind to the person behind you. Like, fuck you, get off my ass. Or <laughs> Speaking of which, I was, uh, my kid and I were driving to pick up some food. And we were passing by this super duper rickety van. Like this, ahead of us was this really old van and there was like bungee cords all over the place and then there were like toys like strapped to the bumpers and oh, stuff yeah. like that and it looked like you know it looked like a kind of like a flea bag artist type and on the side of the car it said the side of the car it said like you know art something or other and it was like one of these guys who thinks that i'm gonna make this car better by spray painting it yeah. you know like <laughs> yeah. spray painting stuff on it and it's like gonna be artsy and craftsy and then this this cop car went ahead of us and obviously slowed down to pass him, sped up, went around the guy, went onto the shoulder. And I said to my kid, I said, this guy saw, saw the van. And then he stopped over. He went around him to stop on the shoulder to go around. And then he pulled him over. It was like, and I, I said, hey, Lila, this is why you have to have a, you can't fuck around with your car. <laughs> These guys pull you over for the, you know, for anything. Yeah. So Conform. I remember back in the 80s, I don't know if you had them over there. There was these things called Seymour Butts. So there was like this little doll that you'd put on the back shelf of your car so you'd be seen out the window. And it had like a little hand pump so you could, like there was a little uh, pipe that would go down to the driver. You'd push the hand pump, then this little doll would like um, pull its pull its trousers down so you'd see its arse basically. So <laughs> I've just, never heard of that. They were, like, they were like quite popular. I remember back in the 80s thinking they were hilarious as a kid. That's so you like, you, you, you flash somebody the, the moon if you exactly, don't like their yes, driving? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. The only, the only Seymour Butts I'm familiar with was from The Simpsons when Bart Simpson yes. would call in. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's a Moe's Tavern. Yeah. No, Did these were little dolls. You'd put them in, the, in your back window of the car, and you had this little, this little hand pump. So the, so the pipe would go all the way down to the driver, and you could pull on, pump the thing, and his uh, pants would come down. Yeah. I just remember when I was a kid, like... You know, you learn how to give the finger, and you started giving the finger to other drivers. Yeah, and it got <laughs> really like, <laughs> but like at the, you like you like kind of hide your face over the windshield, yeah. and then they would wave to you, and then you just like flip them the bird, and like there'd be this outrage, and you'd get nervous, and I was just I was so bizarre. And then I was in a summer fucking summer camp, and we were it was two it was two vans, and we were going to Quebec or something like that, and we started you know they would go and pace and when they would go and pace you know one van would do something to the other van you know like wave or give the finger or whatever and this dude pulled his pants down and smashed his butt cheeks against Ugh. the window but <laughs> they did he did they were doing it to us but then there was a car behind that he ended up you know smushing his butt against uh, the window for this geez. car behind and it became this whole production <laughs> i'm fucking gross it's just fucking gross <laughs> <laughs> I sure hope you took a shower uh, that day. Cause, I don't know, man. Jesus. It was like summer camp stuff. It was just like, oh, we don't want to see his mashed up ass against the window. And all the girl. <laughs> the best part is all the girls in the van were just like mortified and like disgusting. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! Was there a lot of road rage in in uh, in the UK with the Mister Pump? Um, no, butts? it was it was like I don't know, it, was, it was seen as a wacky, fun thing. Oh. You know, it was probably like the latest technology at the time. You know, it's like, look at this cool thing. But, uh, <laughs> no, I was a kid. I was a kid, so I thought it was funny. But yeah, who knows? Well, this kind of makes me want to talk about uh, you know you know talking about vehicle travel and uh, <laughs> inside the astronauts' grueling training machine training regime. 
from learning how to use a pee pipe to preparing for death. This comes from the sun. The sun. Okay. So space cadets often have to go through years of grueling training mission to prepare for their uh, prepare for their missions. Um, do you know what they do? They they prepare in case of somebody dies on in the spaceship. I mean, you can oh, imagine geez, they would they have do. to. Yeah, yeah. So astronauts are extremely healthy people. So death on the International Space Station for natural reasons isn't likely. However, some space agencies do prepare astronauts for a death in a space scenario. Chris Hatfield, Canadian astronaut and former commander of the ISS, told Popular Mechanics that uh, they prepare for the astronaut's death. Uh, NASA, isn't, uh, they, NASA isn't said to do the same as this pr- preparation that JAXA and ESA, I guess those are uh, the spa- other space, space agencies, agencies, I guess. Yeah. So he says, we had to do these things called contingency stimulations, where we discuss what to do with the body. Would you guys care to guess what they do with the body? If somebody dies on the space station, what they do? Well, I think weight is such a big thing. So they'd probably just have to jettison the body, I'd imagine. Just You, you send think it they're out. jettisoning the body? I'd imagine so, yeah. You know, like hanging out the back with, with a little rope. They'd still be pulling yeah. the body. I mean, yeah. would, why wouldn't they do that? I mean, what, isn't that a, like a burial at sea is a thing? Why wouldn't they do a burial in space? Yeah. It's a good question. Well, they don't do that. The astronaut told the popular science what he does do in case the crew died in space. He explained, I would probably keep them in their pressurized suit. Bodies actually decompose faster in the spacesuit, and we don't want the smell of rotting meat or oh. off-gassing in the space station. It's not very sanitary. So we keep them in their suit and store it somewhere where it's cold in the station. Oh, jeez. <laughs> can, oh, can you imagine then taking that suit off and this, this like human soup just sort of dribbles out? Oh, oh my God. Can you imagine having to get them into the suit? Oh, you know, disgusting. it's like... Astronauts are put in extreme situations on Earth in order to prepare for space. Uh, okay, so ordinary tasks aren't simple in space. They include going to the bathroom. Going to the bathroom is a production in space, everybody. Mm. Uh, the astronauts uh, have to learn how to use a special toilet on the ISS. According to Space.com, astronauts pee directly into a hose contraption that sucks their urine into the toilet. The suction pipe uh, stops pee from flying around the space station naturally. Are these if available a, commercially anywhere? I'm wondering. <laughs> it's called yeah by by Hoover. suction pipe. Yeah, suction pipe. Uh, that's that's going to be the next thing. Like, ladies, aren't you sick of men peeing on the toilet seat? Well, here we are. We got the suction pipe. Um, the suction pipe uh, uh, stops pee from flying around the space station. If an astronaut needs to poop, they strap themselves into a seat, a toilet seat, and the similar suction device. Stops the feces from floating away. Oh, Jesus so, Christ! Su- you know. Literally sucks the shit out. I mean, of it, you. Ma- it makes it sound <laughs> like they're just doing it there, like right there at the command controls and stuff. But they have to yeah. have some sort of bathroom, of some sort, right? If you see those, I in my mind, I love watching those guys in space doing videos of like what mm-hmm. it's like to how you sure. and stuff like that. I would feel like you're constantly like hanging from your feet. Like the blood's rushing to your head all the time. No, um, you're, it's zero gravity. There's it. There's no direction for the blood to rush. But I mean, they look flush. You know, they. I mean, it's obviously like probably having. A, it's probably a difficult for the blood to naturally go. I mean, there's probably something mm. in you know that 
zero oh, G's. Yeah, that I've never even thought about it. that because if there's no direction for the blood to go, like you're really heavily I mean, reliant it, on your heart to like. But your do body's a good job. fighting. Pumping, yeah, your body is fighting the different type of environment. So yeah. like. You know, like you, you, you know, if you eat something, like I know Craig likes to eat something, take a nap. If you, you know, maybe you get a little, maybe you get a little indigestion. I'm sure you have indigestion. I'm sure you have like heartburn all the time because that mm. shit doesn't want to probably does the food doesn't really want to stay down. That is an like, probably, probably feel nauseous all the time, most likely. Yeah. Would you, would you go if, if Elon calls you up and says, look, we're, we're, we've done a search for the, exactly the right kind of person we need to go up in space. And, and Jeff, you hit all the criteria. Would you like to go next weekend? I, I must tell you, the anticipation would be, would kill me. Like, I, really? in a, not, in a, not in a good way. I wouldn't be so excited. I'd be, I'd be dreading it. I'd be dreading, <laughs> I'd be dreading it up until I'm in orbit and they're like, okay, the pilot is out, told you you can unfasten your seatbelts. Cause I, I just like, I, I, you watch those videos and they're on their backs facing up. And they're counting down. They're checking everything, and you know that the pain is going to be excruciating. Yeah. And I hate roller coasters. I don't like them at all. My dad took me on one when I was a kid, and I fucking lost my mind. Oh wow! I cannot imagine the pain of going into space, and I'm not interested in having heartburn my for the fucking whole trip. <laughs> I'm seriously, <laughs> like, you want the honesty? The answer is just like, yeah, I think I'm all right. If you immediately you avoid all that stuff, it's like you know an avatar. They knock them out for two years before yeah. they start to get them ready to go onto their whatever their planet. I, I, you can if you can knock me out and wake me up in orbit, I'm down. But like, like my vasectomy, I need to be fucking knocked out, dude. <laughs> I just can't imagine that whole feeling of just looking back and seeing the Earth. You know, it's, it's just it, it. Yeah, when when you see those pictures and you watch the documentaries, it just blows my mind every time. Sure. It, but then you know, I, I don't know. I was, I was. Uh, I guess I was telling you guys before I was watching it. I'm in the middle of that Elon Musk, you know, video mm-hmm. in on Netflix, and it's just like the feeling of like the nervousness of. The, I mean, these people. I remember when the Challenger exploded. I mean, I was in yeah. fourth grade, and they played it in the fucking class. Hillary was. Telling, oh, my wife was just like she watched it in class too. That was like unimaginable. And it's like all of a sudden, I mean, that was the craziest thing I'd ever seen at before anything, you know, as a young person, like those people yeah. are dead, you know, right. they're vaporized. And then you're just like, I don't think I need to you just, I don't even <laughs> like to fly. So it's like, uh, but this kind of leads me to another story. Well, no, you didn't ask the answer the question. Would you go, Mareko? Elon Musk wants to send you to space. Are you going to go? Uh, I mean, I feel like I would be tempted, but I also would have no reason to go and who's got a reason to go to space Marekko? come on <laughs> i mean scientists have a reason to go into space but i i i would have nothing to contribute so well, maybe they need to know what, if, if you know. i was a single guy i didn't have a family and stuff that would be a different question i'd be like sure yeah. what the fuck why not <laughs> but you know what that makes it that's a good point i think that if the opportunity presented itself it would be hard for me to just blame heartburn and like nervousness to not go i mean you kind of like when it's is easier the next to say to get? family yeah yeah so that actually led me to an interesting thing. Astronauts revealed what they think space smells like, and you're probably mm-hmm. not gonna know what it. You're probably not gonna get the eye. What do you think? What do you guys think space smells like? I think I've read in the past that it's like sulfurous. So it just yeah, oh, almost like farts. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, you know that sulfury the... kind of yeah, eggy. 
Can you of, just I, imagine like the vacuum of space and it smells like shit? I mean, it's like, I mean, that's like, that's just the, 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 well, the thing is, it's it's the smell of the space station, isn't it? Because they're, they're not out smelling smelling space because you know they got the suits on then. Oh my so god! It's just the smell of the, the space, space station. station smells like a subway station. Oh, <laughs> the pee pipe <laughs> broke, guys. <laughs> oh, the pee pipe broke. It's going to smell like a. It's like a urinal for a while until <laughs> Boris gets until Boris gets the cleaning supplies for the next run. So smelling space is an unusual concept because astronauts can't exactly take their helmets off and smell around their uh, around the space outside the spacecraft. Smells on Earth are created when substances release molecules into the air and they enter our nose. Space is a vacuum with no air. So if an astronaut tried to smell it directly, they'd die. Thank you, son, for letting us know that. However, it's the rather large issue hasn't stopped a few astronauts from reporting indirectly smelling a similar unusual fragrance when they returned from a spacewalk. When the astronauts on the space station re-enter the airlock and take off their helmets, sometimes they report a burning or metallic smell. Hmm. NASA astronaut Kevin Ford once told Space.com, it's something that I have never smelled before, but I'll never forget it. Uh, this other woman, I can't pronounce her name, the first female space tourist, famously stated the space smells like burnt almond cookies. Other astronauts have reported smelling, it smells like barbecues, welding, gunpowder, and burning metal. No one knows for sure what the sentence comes to, but if, if you ask me, I think that all of the listeners of Knife Talk probably know what that smell is like. Barbecues, welding, gunpowder, and burning metal. That's, <laughs> I mean, that, I feel like I know what those smells smell like, for sure. I'm telling you, that's, what, like, the, that's like the Knife Talk, that's the Knife Talk listenership smells that all day long. That's the yeah. yeah. <laughs> man. <laughs> scent of man. Yeah, scent of man, yeah. Can you, oh, you know, it's all men out there. You know, anyway, like, smells like, you know, a locker room. You never know. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to give you a few others, and Craig, if you have any any stories you want to pipe in, feel free. I've got a bunch here. I've got a bunch. Well, hit us okay, shall, I, shall I do one next then? If yeah, you yeah. Want. Okay. Um, in the Lincolnshire News, uh, the, a zoo separates parrots after the birds were caught encouraging the others to swear at the guests. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I don't know how they were caught. Oh, they're caught encouraging the others to do it, but uh, <laughs> slowly uh, sounding out the words to the you other know, parents. It's exactly. not go on, go crazy. They love it. Go and say this. Go on. Tell them to fuck off. They love it. <laughs> my my dad, when my dad was alive, he was not a fan of my uh, my sister in law. Oh shit! You got the fucking dinger. Good for you. You hit the, the hit the bell. <laughs> but this story is this story is important. My sister had a parrot, and my sister was married to my brother in law, and my dad and my brother in law did not get along at all. So my dad would walk past the parrot all the time, and his name was Randy. And my dad would walk past the parrot all the time and would just say to the parrot, Randy, you're an asshole. Randy, you're an asshole. And he, I, said, I was like, why are you saying it to the parrot? And she's like, he's like, I'm hoping the parrot says it. <laughs> He'll pick it and up. I want the parrot to like, you know, berate her, his owner for the rest of his life. So for, <laughs> for, for every time we'd see him, Randy's an asshole, Randy's an asshole. But the parrot never got there. We didn't, they didn't uh, spend enough time together. But I was just like, I was like, God, you are a devious son of a bitch. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> it's unbelievable. But the, what would happen was my sister would yell at Randy all the time. And then the, uh, he, she would say, Randy! And then the parrot would always yell, Randy! All the time because my sister's <laughs> yelling at the goddamn, his, her husband all the time. Uh, I feel right. like that means something such different an American in the UK. Name. Oh yeah, it does mean something in the UK. 
It does, yeah. Yeah. What else do you got? Sister, I don't mean to joke about your sister, but if your sister was back in the UK, chef, now she was Randy all the time. That'd be, be a very different story. <laughs> well, what was that? Speaking of which, what was that the article you sent me before we started? Which one? I sent. I sent you two, didn't I? Let's the one about um, the the roadkill. <laughs> this was in the London Metro. Um, <laughs> a dead leopard on the A six four six turned fuck? out to, turned out to be, and this is the policeman's quote. Some old tart coat. <laughs> oh, I love it. And the picture actually does look like a dead leopard, but it's that sort of leopard Some skin coat. coat. You know, like an old tart coat, basically. Yeah, I love that's that. brilliant. The best part of UK news is they like they 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 put in their own opinions in the yeah. titles. Yeah, in yeah. the quotes. Yeah, I feel like good. yeah, the political correctness. Because I feel like it, it, you couldn't do that in the United States. You would be like, oh, some old bitch's coat. <laughs> <laughs> some old hag. Yeah. In, the, in the police report. We found this bitch's coat in the, in the street <laughs> belonging I've, to... I've got another one here from The Independent, which is quite a serious paper in the UK. Yeah. It says that a paralyzed man communicates his first words in months after having a special brain implant. His first words were, I want to be a... He also asked to fucking listen to Tool and to order a curry. <laughs> Sounds like he's got his priorities straight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you know oh, what? His first words. God bless. God bless the the unconscious mind, because it's like the truest shit of all time. Yeah. It's like, well, you're you know everyone is expecting when you hear the first words that there's going to be like some like Ralph Waldo Emerson shit or some like yeah. you know the meaning of life, but I've it's just like I just want to be here and listen to fucking Tool. Yeah. Leave me I want a beer and I want to listen to fucking Tool and order a curry. <laughs> yeah. That all sounds good to me. I'm on board. Oh, that reminds me when I had when I had my appendix out. I had my appendix. I had terrible stomach pain and I didn't know what it was. And my wife was just like, "This is years ago," and I was like, "I was like, God, I feel terrible." And it turned out I had a. I had my appendix was not bursting but it was getting ready to burst so i went to the hospital and then they prepped me for surgery and then i had the surgery and the first words when i and then you know when they give you whatever knock you out you're it's like the iron that's why i'm not afraid of death anymore because the the when when the curtain comes down there's no like twiddling your thumbs and limbo there's no dreaming you're out 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 and that's like that became my complete not death is I don't fear death anymore because I'm just like you're out you're done it's over so apparently my first words when I woke up the woman's the nurse had said when people wake up the first thing they need to do is they usually need to go to the bathroom and apparently she started to I I said I have to go to the bathroom and then she started to put a bedpan under me and I said, I don't need to take a shit, you bitch. <laughs> that was the fucking first thing. And I was, and they told me about it. I was mortified. Devastated, was like, yeah. Wow. They were trying oh. to shoot, trying to shove a, a bedpan under me while I'm lying on my back. And I was like, I don't need to take a shit, you bitch. And it was, I mean, it was the subconscious. I mean, I yeah. didn't. Yeah. So. Oh, terrible. Yeah. I've, the few times that I've had to go under, I've always really worried about the shit that I'm going to talk about, you know, or that kind of thing. Upsetting somebody or... 
Ugh. Oh, I, you know what? I did it again when I had my I had all four wisdom teeth taken out at the same time because I was told that usually people do it two at a time. I'm like, I'm not going to go through this twice. Just take them all out. Hmm. They knocked me out. And this dentist was like this kind of like kind of greaseball. I don't mean to say greaseball, but kind of was true. Like Italian-American, like how you'd picture, <laughs> hey, you know, hey, hey. And I remember <laughs> yeah. when I went to meet him, he's like, you know what? I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you this stuff. You're going to, when you wake up tomorrow, you're going to beg me for more. I'm going to smoke you. He was literally like, <laughs> that's I mean, that's, that's a quote. I'm going to smoke you. You're going to be begging for more of this stuff. You're going to want me to come back the next day. You're going to want whatever I give. You're going to want more. I'm like, all right, you know. So apparently my mother had gone to him and didn't like him at all. She thought she didn't like that whole, you know, don't worry, Mr. Fade, I'm going to take yeah. care of you. She didn't like that Andrew Dice Clay, you know, Calm down dentist shit. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. So they knocked me out, and as I woke up, I said uh, I said to him, I don't know what, I don't know, I don't care what my mother says about you, Doc. You're not an asshole at all. And I just started going like, <laughs> I just started telling him all the things that my mother had said. Ah, my mother thought you were like some goomba bullshit guy. And, so you threw your mum under the bus. Oh, yeah. I had, I mean, I was out of, I mean, I might as well have been hypnotized. So it's just, ah, my mother said, you you know, some fucking greaseball guinea wop dago. Oh, I mean, I might have like, I might have fucking said the whole, and he's just like, uh. just, sitting there while I'm just fucking blasting him and then apparently they put me in a closet like they had oh. these like waiting rooms with closets and then I just started singing ACDC until <laughs> until the nurse went into the waiting room and says which one of you is Vince Vaughn's husband get him out of here so my wife grabs me and takes me on and she says what did you say and I'm like I got no idea and then they told they told us and I was just I was mortified Ugh. but uh there they must go. have some stories, you know, oh, some terrible I, things being said. Yeah. I got a question for you, Jeff. At, go ahead. At what point when you had your appendix pain, were you like, this is more than gas? I think there's a real problem. Well, it was a time where I was working in a bakery. So I was tasting and take, eating a lot of like cookies and shit. Okay. So my diet was very bad anyway. And then it was the night before it was... It was more than just stomach ache. It was like this real, they thought I either had a, so then the next day I was like just sitting on my stomach. I'm like, Hillary, this is not just like, you know, I ate a bad shrimp or something like that. This is, this is bad, bad, bad. And then, um, she said, well, you got to go to the doctor. I went to the doctor and they thought it was either diverticulitis or, um, or, uh, appendix and it turned out to be appendix. So. But it was scary. It was real scary because I was in a terrible pain. But I didn't between when it started, when I went to the doctor, it was like like eighteen hours. I probably should have I probably should have uh, gone to the doctor immediately or to go to the emergency room, to be honest with you. But Interesting. I, I have such an aversion to go to the doctor that like I've had a couple times in my life where I've had pretty excruciating pain in my gut and I have no idea what it is still to this day. And part of me like just chalks it up to like maybe I ate some gnarly and I had some bad gas, but I never ended up like I didn't end up tooting my way through that through the night or anything like that. I just it just stopped eventually. Well, I'm just like, hmm, what was that? Is there actually something really bad happening? Because it felt like I had been I was being stabbed and like the knife was being wrenched around in my gut is what it felt yeah. like. It was pretty fucking horrible. This one was like I was debilitated like for that night before I went to the hospital the next afternoon, 
there was this moment of like I cannot move without pain. It was like it was un it wow. was unlike anything I ever had. But I'm with you. I get real scared. But now it's like I got past all the. I I was convinced I had cancer for years, and it's just because my dad had cancer, my sister had cancer, my mom's side all had cancer. I'm just like it's just. I mean, there's just no way I'm gonna beat my genetics. There's Jesus. no way. There's so I was time, convinced. Right? Ah, I was I'm just convinced. <laughs> What'd you say? I said there's still time, right? There is. I mean, <laughs> that's what's going to, I mean, ultimately I'm very convinced that like the, you know, that's why we're trying to do everything we can, but yeah. like just going to get, you know, going to get all the, going to the doctor and you know, testing my shit. Just, it was a huge relief. And now, you know, and my goddamn skin doctor, I got to go back to the skin doctor and she, you know, she's furious with me because I have my tattoos and she says, what do I got to do? Place, you know connect the dots with you i almost supposed to find cancer with all that fucking shit on you and spread your cheeks and lift up your jewels and all that shit so there you go so all right do you have anything else craig or you want me to actually i've got what? a bunch i've got a bunch oh go yeah. ahead let's 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 do them this is a good one in the portsmouth chronicle um a man is fined for pretending to be a ghost in a portsmouth cemetery <laughs> A police a police spokesman <laughs> says wit- shit. witnesses complained about Witnesses complained about Anthony Stollard because he was throwing his arms in the air and going, Woo! <laughs> <laughs> that was the official police spokesman saying. <laughs> oh, God damn. Oh, jeez, that man needs a job. He needs something better to do with his time. Jeez. For all you know, he was getting paid. Yes, yeah. That, that's yeah. too funny. Woo! It's so funny. People are so uh, bizarre, but the, yeah. it is funny that the, the the you know that's the whole thing about that show Afterlife, um, that Ricky Gervais show is he, mm. they they do these like I noticed that like in the UK the stories that they're playing are just like they're nothing story. I mean they're really like woman gets offended that her that her the bridesmaid yeah. wouldn't wear these shoes, and it's just yeah. like this especially really like little local stuff. Like in like in um, Afterlife, he works at like a local paper. Um, local stuff is terrible, and um, that they always have to do this like um, and like and now for some sort of lighter news, you know, and it's yeah. and it's always just like ridiculous stuff, you know, really, really, really terrible. But uh, yeah, it's just one of those br- sort of British quirks, I suppose. But uh, interesting. There's there's lots of weird people. I think I think that's the thing, and they all want to sort of express themselves in some sort of way. So this dude who is in a cemetery trying to scare people, you know, what's and I'm sure very that there strange. are a lot of people in the UK that are very sensitive. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say that so much. No, I well, wouldn't. Can I tell I, you? Say peop- I want to tell you about a sensitive person from the UK right now. Okay, go for it. UK yeah. tribunal rules calling men bald is sexual harassment. I saw that this week. Yeah. The tribunal whose members alluded to their own experience with hair loss also compared calling a man bald to commenting on the size of a woman's breast. (laughs) Three three members of the tribunal. It's like saying you got hands. Like, what (laughs) the fuck? (laughs) Three members of the tribunal, which is a judicial body that hears workplace disputes, said that since baldness is more prevalent in men than women, using the word bald is an insult, therefore, related to a protected characteristic of sex. The tribunal, whose members alluded to their own experience with hair loss, also compared calling a a man's bald to commenting on the size of the woman's breasts. The ruling was 
on behalf of a complaint filed by Tony Finn, who worked as an electrician for the British Bung Manufacturing Company. What the fuck is a <laughs> Bung Manufacturing Not Bone, Bung, B-U-N-G. For it's a fucking... Oh, right. Okay, bunghole. Brit- British bung manufacturing company. <laughs> you should be like complaining about that more than this fucking baldness. Finn worked at the company which manufactures wooden cask closures for yeah. the brewing industry okay. in Yorkshire for nearly 24 years before being fired last year. Finn allegedly alleged that the work during a workplace argument <laughs> during a workplace argument in in 2019. His shift supervisor, Jamie King, referred to him as a bald cunt. <laughs> I mean, it's probably a completely true statement. The, the panel noted that Finn had not complained about the f- use of the four-letter word, but it was offended by For being bald. called bald. <laughs> we have I'll have little... you know, I'm not a bald cunt. I've got hair. <laughs> We have little doubt that being referred to this pejorative manner was unwarranted conduct as far as Finn was concerned. This strong language, therefore, we find uh, industrial language was uh, commonplace in this West Yorkshire factory floor. In our judgment, Mr. King crossed the line by making remarks personal to the complaint, 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 claimant about his appearance. The the panel noted that it's difficult to conclude that Mr. King uttered these words with the purpose of violating Finn's dignity and creating an intimidating, hostile, degrading, and humiliating or offensive environment for him. But the judge judge did note that Mr. (laughs) Mr. Finn is clearly a cunt. (laughs) (laughs) The judgment found that King intended to threaten and insult Finn and added, in our judgment, there is connection between the word bald on the one hand, and the protected characteristics of the other sex. So the panel said that while the company's lawyer uh, correctly noted that women can also be bald, it noted that all three members of the tribunal will vouchsafe uh, baldness is much more prevalent in men than women. And um, Finn did win his claims of unfair dismissal, wrong-filled dismissal, being subjected to uh, detriments and sexual harassment. Uh, he lost an additional claim for age discrimination. So I maybe use so bizarre. Ridiculous. Too. <laughs> you know? ridiculous. I mean, is it? I feel like uh, baldness is tied to high testosterone levels. So if anything, they should be proud of being virile people or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Instead, I told of you that. Taking. What do you mean? It's scientific. It's science, <laughs> that, baby. It's fucking is that science. Right? Yeah. So you're. I mean, is that why the Rock is bald? No, he's just. He's just. I mean, testosterone levels. Oh hey, yeah. I'm sure he's he's got some pretty high testosterone levels of I mean I've Can never measured his testosterone levels. He's now. like he's at he's coming home from the bung factory and I goes to his wife he goes Jamie King called me a bald cunt, that son of a bitch. I'm gonna get him. How should I get him? And his wife said, Well, probably. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't want to be really want to be called I mean, you are a cunt, but I mean you're not you know but, but I mean bald. I mean, you got a little bit of male pattern bald. This is maybe your hair lines receding a little bit, but I mean that seems a discriminatory. Sue him. Yeah, let's yeah. sue him. That's ridiculous. It is crazy. Uh, God damn. God damn. <sighs> Do you have any uh, stories, Mareko? Or I mean, <laughs> I I found a bunch or a few, but uh, they are not as uh, quirky as you guys is. That's all right. I found one. Uh, what is it? 
that scientists have <laughs> it's just like weird stories scientists brought uh brought light uh, sorry scientists just brought light sense sensing cells in human eyes back to life so um there is i don't i don't know what who's bright idea was to see you know let's see if we can make these eyes come back to life but they have um they've taken the the eyes of a cadaver and they've made them they've brought them back to life so they are reactive to light even though uh the person has been dead for a while what are they trying to do with that though that's what's super bizarre just to see (laughs) if they can start reanimating people (laughs) like what the fuck frankenstein i mean it's amazing i mean it's amazing yeah, imagine not going to get you know new glasses or contact lenses, but just literally just getting new eyes. You know, I'd but, like I'd like uh, you know a green pair, please, for the weekend. And you'd you'd slot these green eyes in instead for the weekend. Yeah, I wonder funny. if there's a similarity between you know there are some animals that when you cook them when they're dead they move a little bit. Like mm. even even when you're cooking, like if you cooked a chicken that was that had the thigh and the leg attached. When you cooked it, just the thigh and the leg, it would contract, you know, because the ligaments are shrinking and then there's, mm. you know, there's, you know, it contracts based on the muscle movement of the animal. Right? Yeah, there's also, same yeah, thing, there's moisture loss in the muscle tissue. Same thing yeah. with, like, like a fish curling up when you cook it, yeah. Right, or even even more, like, if you get soft-shell crabs, usually you're cooking them and they're dead. You know, you cut the face off, pull the gills out, and you're dredging them and then you're putting them in a frying pan they're moving around a little bit but it's not that they're alive it's just that these weird right. twitch muscles you know so like mm-hmm. maybe that there's something to that i i find it all to be fascinating actually i was listening to i was listening to a show about uh you know the development of man and where we are in terms of how at what point do we uh are we fooling with nature and uh, crops and you know what at what point are we making you know as a man inflicting themselves on crops to harvest and it was interesting because it's like at what point do you what point do you um you th- you think about man's manipulation of science and crops and civilization so i mean like the first guy who decided to plant trees in a row to, so made harvesting easier was the first mm-hmm. you know person to change the natural cause of things so yeah. it'll be interesting to see i don't know why i said that but it, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with you know eyeballs i mean especially oh, be- you with your glaucoma Ugh, you gonna get your me. eyes replaced look my I, my wife had has had terrible vision like bad like she mm. hurt like if you took her glasses away i mean she was really close to being blind i mean they were thick and we were always nervous about lasik LASIK surgery because there's not a lot of like how many I mean it's only you know it's under 20 years old I mean what happens after 20 years of that surgery I mean how does your eye as your eye changes how does that particular surgery change so she was always very hesitant to get it done for that reason and then she got it done three years ago and that it was an excruciating procedure but she's never had to wear glasses again and but it's not permanent though is it so it can come back the you know the the, the sight loss and so on her 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 eyesight without glasses was i mean she couldn't see anything and now everything's crystal clear oh wow so i mean it's it's an incredible it's an, and my kids 
eyesight's getting worse and worse and worse. And when she gets to a certain age, we're going to say, listen, we'll pay for LASIK if you want it. But we're like, we're hesitant because it's like, she's only 17. She's going to keep growing. Your body's going to change. You know, how does LASIK affect well, over long-term time? Long-term effects. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But you want to hear another one? I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hit us. Okay. I found another one. Uh, says a couple sold their house to live permanently on cruise ships because they said it's cheaper than paying a mortgage. I, to me, that sounds like they just have a fucking drinking problem. <laughs> it must be cheaper for <laughs> yeah, them to like drink on a cruise me. ship. Yeah. There are there are <laughs> how you can buy an apartment on some of these cruise ships. Some of these cruise mm. ships are like retirement homes. It's like a floating apartment yeah. building. Yeah. You can get your own. People do it. There's people who who are cruise you know six months out of the year. You can afford to do it, and yeah. you don't have to pay for anything. You're in a different port every day. You gamble. You do all your things. I mean, I mean, it sounds like hell to me. Yeah. Have Suck you been on this. a cruise? No, I really don't, wouldn't want to go on one. You know, really? Uh, no, just what if you? What if oh. you were hired to play on a cruise? Oh, you got to do it. <laughs> you got to do it. <laughs> I, a job's a job, isn't it? But I mean, <laughs> out, out of choice, the idea of like being stuck in some. Fucking traveling hotel with a bunch of people you can't get away from. Um, you know, when you do port, you're like, you got six hours, then you need to be back here. You can't enjoy yourself. Nah, it's not for me. Not well, for let's me. do a little role playing. You ready, Craig? Let's, let's do it. Ring, ring, ring. <laughs> Who am I meant to be in this situation? You're Sorry. Craig Lockwood of Uplift, the lead singer oh, okay. of Uplift. Okay. So ring, ring me again. Sorry. Ring, ring, ring. Rock on! This is Craig Lockwood of Uplift. How can I help you? Hi, this is Jamie King, that bald cunt from, from Yorkshire. <laughs> I'm, I'm also the cruise director of uh, Royal Caribbean, and we oh, have a, okay. and we we have a show coming up. We have a cruise coming up specifically for newly adopted children, and we were wondering if you would like to play <laughs> you and Uplift. Well, this is my bag. This is how. This is where we specialize. Is is a niche that we've sort of cornered the market in. We've heard that when it comes to getting parents to adopt children you're the man to be so we're gonna have a we're gonna have a boat half filled with it parents and half filled with uh, ready to be adopted kids and we're hoping that uplift can bring them all together it's going to be six weeks on the boat would you like to come well there's going to be cocaine and hookers i assume <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah we're going to make sure all those like 17 year old new near need to be adopted like drug dealers are going to be out there. there's going to be plenty ones. of drugs oh, yeah. jesus. oh jesus christ i tell you two cruise stories yeah. My when when my mother, my mother took my mother thought she had cancer years ago. This is bright before you know eighteen years ago, and she was just like fuck it, we're going to Tahiti. So we took she got a t- uh, a uh, cruise for me and Hillary and her to go to Tahiti. We and we're just like fuck it, she's got the money. She doesn't have the money now. You know, probably could use that fucking money now, but regardless. <laughs> so we so. Right before, we, and she thought we called it the "I'm going to croak" world tour, and she she oh, wow. found out right before we left that they made a mistake. All the every time that they would check this particular spot, it was like a spot in her ribs. Turns out it was scar tissue. So they were monitoring what she thought she had cancer for like three years. Wow! And it was scar tissue oh, from uh, when she had some, a surgery when she was younger. So then she decided, well, I'm not going to croak, so we're still going to go. And we went on this <laughs> incredible tour. And we, it was amazing. I mean, it was totally – I thought I was going to hate it. I was one of these guys I don't want to go on a cruise. But it was – we had a great time. We had a really great time. Now, that was one time – and I was really against it. And we gambled and we drank and we, Tahiti's unbelievable, blah, blah, blah. 
The worst cruise stories I've ever heard has been from my par- my business partner Tony, who used to when he when we were both working for Charlie Palmer, Charlie would do you know these celebrity chefs will basically pay for their pay for their likeness to be represent the menu of a cruise ship. Mm. Yeah. And mm. they'll make the menu and then it'll be, you know, Charlie Palmer's Oriole and and the, but at the same time you just can't, you know, the people who cook on these cruise ships are, you know, these are guys from the Philippines who do or or, you know, that's what Tony said. He's like they're all from the Philippines and they get on the boat for 6 months and they don't get off. They're working every day. Yeah. And Tony was telling me how they pack the boats for the food for the month and that they have to organize the menu and organize the food in the walk-in so they're kind of eating through the food. Right. And he said it was the kind of cruise where you could call down to the kitchen at 3 o'clock in the morning for a double pork chop, a newspaper, and a half-smoked cigarette, and it would be arri- it would arrive at your a doorstep. Half-smoked cigarette. <laughs> I mean, that's what he would say. He's just like, we got the craziest things. <laughs> and when he came back, he lost 20 pounds. He, he went like three times, and he had to run. He says, every meal was different. We were prepping. Every meal was different, and it was totally oh, yeah. crazy. And then at one point, they were in uh, the Mediterranean, and one of those little, uh, you know, uh, pirate ships on a, you know, a Boston whaler with like mm-hmm. a f- grappling hook and an AK-47 were, went to the side of the boat oh, and started like lobbing like, you know, grenades, you know, whatever, rocks and shit to get onto the boat because they wanted to like get on the cruise ship and get all these people. So they, he was telling me that they have this gun on the, on the bow or the stern that it's like this, it's like a loudspeaker. And it shoots just weaponized sound to disrupt. It's like a disruptor or something like that. And he said that they just like blasted these poor little bastards with this fucking, you know, machine gun, you know, uh, of of like sound. And these motherfuckers are just like, we don't need this anymore. So there was the cruise ship stories are totally crazy. Yeah. I don't know if I could go on another one, especially now that like, you know. I remember. Well, it's got to be different when you're on there as a uh, like you're there for luxury versus working the fucking thing. Tony said he never saw the sun in six weeks. Like he was was never he he never went he was he was working so hard he would just go back to his cabin which was like a fucking locker and he would just sleep or drink or smoke or or whatever. But like he came back he was like triple pale. I'm like dude don't watch on a cruise ship. He's like I never saw the sun dude. Never That's saw the insane. sun for six weeks. It was totally... and But he's like, these guys, they go on these cruise ships to work. They'll work, you know, three months straight. And it's like a pile of money, and then they only have to work half the year. Mm-hmm. Or that there have so. been stories where they forget to do the paperwork or something like that, and guys get stuck working on the boat. Great. Like, there are stories of dudes who are like, all right, it's not your time to get off. And they're almost like prisoners. Sure. Oh, Jesus! There, I feel like there was some sort of documentary about that a few years ago. I Those can't... are the story. I don't know why they're making movies. I think that they should tell the real stories of you know like luxury cruise liners. I mean, it's like the sicknesses. You know, when they they get like you oh, know, everyone's like barfing and having diarrhea all over the place, and there's like rampant like sickness on the boats and stuff like that. It's. I would told if I was an uplift, I'd be like, Hey, Craig, <laughs> yeah, let's go. 
that that would be a cruise liner or cruise lining company being like all right yeah you you and your documentary crew can come on and show how shitty it is for people to experience our cruises i feel like that would never that would have to be made so underground with fucking iphones and shit like that well this kind of brings me to uh uh let's see what we're gonna do now Georgia, I'll read a couple off and see what you like. Georgia woman has been charged with faking a pregnancy to get time off. Want to hear about that one? Faking a pregnancy. Yeah, let's do it. That's a, this is um. a fucking wacko. This is a wacko woman. <laughs> Robin Folsom's colleagues became suspicious when they noticed her bump was askew, and she sent them <laughs> inconsistent <laughs> photos of her fake children. Oh, so sometimes oh people God. lie. <laughs> she's just getting photos online of these random kids. Yeah, she's getting, you know, like when you buy a, like a frame at the store, and there's like a family in there. <laughs> sometimes people lie and say they're sick to, they're too sick to skip work. But Georgia woman named Robin Folsom went on a big step further and she faked a pregnancy in order to get seven weeks of paid time off. And it wasn't even the first time she had lied about giving birth. Now oh, she's, wow. can you imagine? Time to be pregnant again. Now she's facing three counts of making false statements and one count of identity fraud. When Folsom's employer sent us this case, we thought we had, uh, it had to be a misunderstanding. We just couldn't believe it, the state inspector general, Scott McAfee, says. According to a news release sent out by the Georgia office uh, of the inspector general, Folsom, 43, told elaborate lies about her pregnancy while working as the Director of External Affairs at the Georgia Vocational Rehabilitation Agency. They're very specific in this article. They're super specific. Uh, She informed the agency about her pregnancy in late 2020 and claimed to give birth in May of 2021. So she went with this fucking bit. Like, she was like, I'm fucking committed. But Folsom's colleagues quickly grew suspicious. Though Folsom had a baby bump, one of her colleagues noticed that something wasn't quite right about it. In March of 2021, a coworker observed the lower portion of Folsom's stomach came away from her body and believed Ugh. Folsom wore a fake pregnant stomach, the news release said. Oh In addition, God. Folsom allegedly sent pictures of her new baby to various uh, GVRA employees. However, the pictures appear to be inconsistent and depict children with varying skin tones. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Indeed, McAfee credits Folsom's colleagues for identifying her fraud. The GVA, GVRA employees, the human resources, just uh, started putting two and two together. Things weren't adding up, and thankfully, they they didn't shrug it off. They realized that this was something more serious. She looks like a real wacko. Uh, Folsom appeared to be Florida? the prime. Oh, Georgia, my bad. Yeah, Georgia. That's pretty close. <laughs> Maybe uh, Florida originally. <laughs> uh, Folsom appeared to be primarily motivated by po- t- paid time off after she quote gave birth on May. A man named Brian something something emailed leaders House. of the agency. House, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brian House. That's right. That's very good, <laughs> Brian House. Uh, claiming to be the father of Folsom's newborn baby, he said that the fault the Folsom's doctor had mandated several weeks of rest to allow for delivery. As a result, Folsom's supervisor gave her seven weeks of paid leave that in other eyes uh, wouldn't have been approved. Um, a bill. Uh... That's desperation for some time off. Jeez. Ultimately, we didn't find any evidence that he existed. The husband existed. That's why she's been charged. She's been charged with identity fraud. It's not the first time Folsom has faked pregnancy. It's unclear what time off, if any, she received in the past. She had claimed to give birth in 2020 as well, 
and in the end of 2021, just three months after the birth in question, <laughs> oh uh, she informed God. her employees that she was pregnant again. I guess you know, that's like that's like I'm having such a good time on vacation. Let's <laughs> maybe we should just that was easy. Maybe we could Don't do let it again. The party stop. I know when the uh, when like they check coke bender. Can you just imagine like that worked? Let's do it again. Yeah, the, immediately. The, the yeah. Office of Vital Research reviewed the birth certificates of Folsom's children and found no indication that Folsom had delivered a child. They went after the fucking birth certificates. After lying to investigators about the, the, the husband and the existence of her children, Folsom resigned from her position and now is facing criminal charges, and she was indicted in a grand jury. Jesus wow. This was a, like, and she wasn't, like, working at McDonald's. I mean, she, this was, like, a <laughs> real position. This was, like, she had, uh, she was, uh, she was a big... Big time. Uh, she was the director of external external affairs at the Georgia Vocational Rehabilitation Agency. That's not. I'm assuming she was just really ugly, and everybody's like, nobody'd fuck that. Lord there's no Jesus. way she's pregnant. I mean, <laughs> listen, there's everyone's got a you know, there's a lid for every pot. Craig Lockwood never. Forget. That's the <laughs> that should be the next song for your uh, when you do when you a do lid your, for every pot when you yeah. when you sing there's for those uh, for children that. Pot. Within the children that need adopting, you should make a song called "There's a Lid for Every Pot," for every ladies pot. and gentlemen. <laughs> but it's I, I don't know that I would. I never called in sick for something that I wasn't. I never lied, and say mm. and to say, I'm sick. I never did that, and I was because I was always afraid of like, what if I'm really sick and I really need to go? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys have ever called in sick for any reasons? <laughs> No, not like not no more aware. I've I've always mainly worked for myself most of my life anyway, so it would be a bit pointless. Mareko, have you ever you ever called in sick for when you weren't sick? I've I've never called in sick when I wasn't sick, but um, I was careful, especially when I worked in restaurants. I was careful that that if they gave a call i i was always out of town because <laughs> yeah. so, they those fuckers will milk you and yeah. so uh i was just like oh man I'd l- i wish i could come in but i'm not in town right now i mean what the fuck are they gonna do but i yeah. tell you i've got i've, I've got one actually Go um when i was 16 was still in school um i had like a, an evening sort of saturday job in the in the local safeways and um you know it started off you know i was you know filling shelves all that kind of stuff but then i got promoted and my job then was to reduce stuff so like you know the bakery stuff reduce it because it's going out of date and all the rest of it and um oh, you all got the, the old pricing ladies, gun I exactly the pricing gun all the old ladies would sidle up to me and say hey can i have this cake for 10p you're kind of allowed you know i was just like fuck it yeah really? it's not mine i don't care oh yeah yeah oh yeah i terrible. love it you told terrible. the story i love this story because all of a sudden yeah. these old bats are all trying to get you get you yeah, know. and I was just like, "Yeah, fuck it, why not? Why not?" And um, but I didn't really have like a like a like a superior above me apart from the store manager, and they're, you know, they're busy because you know there's uh, two hundred people working that kind of thing. Um, so I remember one time I was I was sick and I didn't I couldn't call in. I can't remember what whatever reason I couldn't be in. But anyway, I went back in the next day expecting you know a, a roast in, and nobody even knew. And I was like, "Oh fuck, okay." So I didn't say anything. Um, and you know, I'm 16, you know, just discovering beer and girls and going out and all that kind of stuff. Um, but this then became a regular thing, but I just wouldn't go, wouldn't tell anybody. And, um, yeah, there was, there was sometimes that I wouldn't go for like a whole week. 
then I just show up. So you didn't and call and say, say you just didn't show up. Just didn't show up, but I kept getting my pay. My pay would be in my bank every week. And I was like, wow. <laughs> this is great. And it went on for ages. And I think even when I left, you know, I, you know officially know. left, that nobody said anything. And I was just like, oh, this is fucking great. Still yeah. pay. I tell you, Safeways, Jesus Christ! I yeah. tell you what, I, I was going to make a, I was going to tell a story that I've heard from medical people. Like, if there are people on the job, you know what I mean when I say on the job, like you know, mm-hmm. law enforcement and firefighters. If there's like a little something, they go get it checked out, and then they get the 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 paid time off. I have a very somebody very close to me who said that that's something that happens quite often. So mm. it's uh, I don't know, I. This woman seems, I mean, to go to those extent, I actually knew a guy who worked uh, at the bakery that I was at who told somebody he was going to fly to San Francisco. And he wasn't going to fly to San Francisco. So he faked pictures of him being in San Francisco (laughs) and sent them just so he could, you know, make him feel like he was uh, was, was in San Francisco. Jeez. Um, Crazy. Crazy. We have. Do you want some seagull news? I want some seagull news. Fast. I want seagull. I got news. two. Super fast. This was in Devon Live, um, and this was a, this was a headline in the news. Uh, seagulls are getting drunk on leftover booze outside pubs, and they are throwing <laughs> up on holidaymakers. <laughs> and somebody said one was so drunk it fell off the roof and landed in somebody's dinner. <laughs> oh my god! god. That's, That's crazy. That's gross. Uh, fucking disgusting. That's, yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> and continuing on the theme of seagulls, um, rescuers learned that the exotic bird that they found was actually a seagull covered in curry sauce. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And that was in the London Metro. Well, oh, I have a story. Uh, here's a story for you, Craig. Welsh nude party pranks Twitter using uh, users after calling to liberate country from clothes. Really? Yeah. There are some, yeah, crazy uh, people in Wales that want to liberate themselves from everything else in the world, yeah. Twitter has fallen to the mock council election flyer, which the nude party of Wales asking residents of Newport West to vote for their party, which promotes wiping down seats on buses. <laughs> There's this picture of this <laughs> new guy. Twitter users fell fool for the uh, mo- uh, fell fool to a mocked-up local council election flyer that claimed the nude party were going to envision a naked Britain that they could all be voted in. The hilarious <sighs> flyer appears in the Newport West Wales and provided Dennis Smith a platform for his Welsh nude and proud party campaign. Which was stand, which, uh, which he was standing as an active candidate for. So that's why I had to leave. Yeah. So, uh, but voters could have to wait a little longer. Policy uh, policies would include renewed Newport Center as its flyer was a gag. Hmm. So there's this hmm. picture of these two old <laughs> bald cunts wrestling <laughs> on the cover <laughs> with their clocks out. Okay, another one. Another one within the metro. Um, and again, this London was, you know, it's the Metro, sorry, is, is a big London paper. It's handed out free to anybody who takes sort of public transport. So millions of people see it every day. And this was the headline. People sticking random objects up their bums is costing the NHS £350,000 a year. <laughs> Dude, those stories, you could, you could, there are articles on all the things people say that they fall. And I've, I know that I've done that yeah. with Nico a million times. It was like, 
the things I was just walking down the street. I tripped and I found a, a whole Barbie dolls up my ass. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's at first. That yeah. shit happens all the time. From we've we've done we've done episodes about like guys using like old antique grenades Holy and Jesus. like bowling pins and all this. Cr- and it's always like unicorns and matchbox cars and it's always it's always crazy what people are putting in themselves for, it's yeah. like from for really no reason it's just like because you have a hole you got to stuff something in it <laughs> i heard a story once as a kid and i'll always i'll always remember this about um it was again it was a news story somebody had a, a light bulb put up them a light bulb. and it broke and all the shards of glass had to be picked out individually oh my god <laughs> imagine doing that job dude oh. i tell you what i've said this before and i'll say it again i got the hook I went to the proctologist after, after being told by my when I got my my colonoscopy, they said you should you're gonna swollen prostate, and I was like, <sighs> they put one finger up to the knuckle, and I was like, <laughs> I literally thought I was I had stars blasting out of my eyes, like it was, it was I so you know I hear about these things and I'm just like, mm. there's just no I mean it's just, there's no there's not enough like knocking out that I could handle something like that, it's just yeah. crazy. crazy. I love that shit. People are mental. People are got mental. More. Got one more. Go this ahead. was in Yorkshire, Yorkshire Live. Um, so that's 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 sort of the north of the UK. Um, teenagers offer free squirts of hand sanitizers to shoppers in Bradford. Oh Christ! Oh, that's that's nice. Um, but it was super glue. <laughs> oh, holy shit! Oh, I thought you were gonna say something like it was jizz or something. <laughs> oh, oh, whoa! <laughs> that's just. <laughs> Ah, don't give them ideas. Jeez, jeez, please. <laughs> but it was super glue. Yeah, and they got caught. These kids, apparently. There was a story uh, recently about a, a, a famous actor. I think his name is James Cromwell, and he was uh, involved with PETA. And he super glued his hand to like the front desk in in protest of some you know of you know animal rights and I guess mm. oh you know what it was. This is how ridiculous people are. I guess PETA is mad that Starbucks is is up is charging more for non dairy milk. I did say that yeah, this guy's famous, isn't he? He's he a famous guy took who did super glue. He went into he went into a Starbucks where obviously there's no it's not the corporate headquarters. It's like a fucking, yeah. you know, kiosk. The neighbor okay. He got famous guy shows up. You've no James I think it's James Cromwell. Puts super glue on his hands and puts his hand on the counter. To protest, Starbucks is charging more for like fucking almond milk. I mean, it's like <laughs> you have got Picky to battles. be so out of your fucking number one. You both of you have gotten super glue on your fingers. And oh yeah, how what, it's I the mean, best. Oh my god! If you you got to get the razor blade out and it you don't yeah. cut the you never end up cutting the super glue. You're always cutting your skin before the super glue. Yeah, and you got to chew it off and yeah. Can Ugh. you imagine this fucking bald cunt <laughs> slapped some super glue on his head? <laughs> slapped his super glue on his hand, and these poor guys who are probably making minimum wage, just making exactly I'm dealing deal with, with these yeah. awful people who just want their half soy latte, and they're like, <sighs> and this famous actor is like, "Sir, could you please move?" No, you can't, because I'm fucking glued to the fucking table. It's yeah. so absurd because that, it's yeah, like, what that's is the stand it? he's willing to die on. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I think protest is great. I think that it's great. I believe that most people don't know how to protest correctly. 
And I believe that some of these things like people stopping traffic and you're, you're, you're targeting people who have no control over the situation. So yeah. why are you, why do, does society have to be the collateral damage of your protest? You know, yeah. and this, you'd want people to be on your side, wouldn't you? If you had a protest which is genuine, you want people to be on your, the public to be on your side, not fucking spoiling their day too. I mean, right. it's just like, and it's like that. Ricky Schroeder was like yelling at uh, you know Ricky Schroeder, Craig. No. You know Ricky Schroeder. No. There was this TV show no. growing up. Uh, we were going up called Silver Spoons. It was like when Different Strokes came out. Silver Spoons was there, and this Ricky Schroeder is was a famous child actor. And now he just, I guess he did a video where he, they wanted him to wear a mask in like a fucking Costco. And they were telling me to wear a mask. And he's like, oh, I'm going to protest. You know what? And this poor fucking guy, this manager who has to like, all right, they, some guys throw himself around go get him. And, you know, you just like barely, you know, pants don't fit right. And he's just wife's yelling at him, calling him a bald cunt or something like that. And it's like, you got to go deal with this celebrity who's throwing themselves around it's just like god damn you guys are all you got to stop it you've got to stop it i'm begging you god you You got anything make your own what do you got um i i i don't really have really anything okay i have a question do you guys know what a mukbang is i feel like it sounds familiar but i don't know you sounds filthy well a mukbang is very popular it's all about food YouTube is known for fostering strange challenges and tang uh, to tags from Mamo to Tide Pods. Ma- Momo, I guess they had that thing where they were scaring kids Momo to Tide Pods to the cinnamon challenge. One of the most recent and widespread tags is Mukbang. But what the heck is it and why has it become so popular? Here's what you need to know about the South Korean trend. A Mukbang is a video dedicated to eating in front of a camera. The video style originated in 2010 in South Korea, becoming a trend uh, of someone filming themselves preparing and or eating a meal, and it's become widely popular across audiences. The word mukbang comes from the combination of the Korean word mukja, which means to eat, and bang sang, which bang song to broadcast, hence mukbang was born. Typically, a mukbang involves a meal ranging from size, uh, from a regular plate of sampling to everything um, from a particular establishment menu. YouTube subscribers can see all their favorite creators share their tastes in food. So if they have an interesting dietary habit, uh, so the uh, blah, 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 uh, some YouTubers have created built their whole channels around mukbangs. So basically, Jeez. it's eating like a lot of stuff and it's it's turned into and i'm just gonna like i'm just gonna like uh i'm gonna uh just i i, I was before you guys came in uh Mareko and i were talking and i'm going to play what a mukbang sounds like is this, this some asmr yes yeah, so there's i'm gonna to draw the picture this woman is have has an enormous plate of seafood of just lobster claws and crab claws, and she's waving, and now she's got a deviled egg, and this is she's soaking it in some gluck, and here we go. Oh, no. that sounds gross. <sighs> now it's she's, like a dog looking. Now she's at opening balls. up it's a so shrimp. Fucking obnoxious. And now she's opening up a giant shrimp. She's got lipstick on and she's slugging it around. 
in the sauce. So is this a sexual thing for some people? Well, all right, so she's now, I'm just going to give you one last minute. She's putting on a pile of butter and showing it to the camera. You can't see her eyes, but she's wearing lipstick. That's gross. I'm going to stop. So this has become a huge thing, a huge thing. And I've actually seen videos of these people with these enormous crab legs and, you know, lobster. And it's always this incredibly huge amount of food. Um, And it's like it's gotten people. There are some people my wife hates hearing food. Like, yeah, he hates yeah. hearing like sometimes she gets mad at me because sometimes I have to get a specific I like a specific spoon when I'm eating dessert like I don't like certain spoons like if they're too big but if somehow like my spoon hits my teeth she just like shoots me a look like if it like rattles she's like what do you do you just put the fucking spoon in your mouth and just like bang on your teeth like it's a bell so this these mukbangs have turned into this weird ASMR sexual habit because it's Ugh. always these women wearing very bright uh, lipstick, and then they're sucking on these like crab legs and making all the plotching noise. That's what my my my, uh, my family used to say when when you when you're eating and you're making noise. It's called plotching. Don't plotch amidst the lips. That's what they would say. But don't but plotch amidst. A lot of these things always end up like in they're, they're like they're like Asian, aren't they? You know, they're like 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 Japanese have these really strange quirks and that. Like, so these are, these are Korean videos and stuff. I, it's it's crazy. I, well, there. It seems as though it seems as though we're take we're being these these trends are like going from normal into sexual real quick. Yeah. So it's like these things yeah. that are just like super basic everyday normal things, and then making yeah. them hypersexual. Because uh, so what, why is that then? Do you think because maybe in these countries they. <laughs> Yeah, that they're more sort of straight laced, you know, and 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 this is like there's like a little sexual deviance. Making things them. nutty yeah. that are normal. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're a dude and you're watching a big fat guy eat, I don't know if you've watched that. Uh, there's that uh, one guy who like he's uh, I don't know his his name, but he'll he does the tornado beers where he like. He'll crack a million. Oh, uh, yeah, spins them and yes, and yeah. he spins them and he drinks like ten beers and he's plotching through like a whole you know fucking turkey or something like that and, and eating all that stuff there is some of the, i watched him and i was just like what every all i'm watching this guy i'm just like what a maniac and then he's hitting that he's using a chopstick to knock this you're like but why am i aroused <laughs> 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 you got a half staff i mean, What's I mean right not, now? this isn't well, really my kind of guy white, but i mean uh, you got a whitey bulger <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this isn't really my kind of guy but i mean you know listen hey uh, for some reason that you're eating that turkey leg is getting me Fucking <laughs> It's fascinating because like it's so popular and there's this whole concept that like people there are certain people who cannot stand eating with your mouth, you know, don't want to hear people eating with their mouths. Yeah. The forbidden, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Well, but it's also it's usually like women, like big women. There's also the you know, there's this fetish, the feeding fetish where some people like massively big people. Massive. Yeah. I mean, like, it's usually big women who are over 600 pounds. Oh. And there are and these they get, dudes. They feeder then. Yeah. They're yeah. referred to as the feeder. And they make them so big that they are completely incapable of life without this particular person. So, like, this, the feeder 
is like the life force to this job of the hut basically it's like this and it's crazy but the mukbang thing and now so what made me think of is maybe what would be the mukbang of makers the mukbang you know, is there an <laughs> asmr i know that craig uh craig johnson does as uh, shop sounds imagine what would be the makery the maker mukbang what would be the noises that would be kind of irritating to some, but pleasant to others. And what would you be? What would be in the maker mukbang? You would the, be eating, obviously. Putting put a a cloth or a rag into like paste wax. Mm. Yeah. What, what oh, you oh, are you? Oh, so you're thinking it should be sexual? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I personally wouldn't find it sexual. Oh, that's your first the, no, the noise, the noise could oh. could be suggestive. Should we say? Because I was thinking of like. If you are using a, a disc grinder and you're like mm. you're, you're or using a chop saw and then the chop saw is getting bound up and you can hear that metal you know, the the motor mm. whirling or like your drill bit's dead and it's like you're just oh, grinding yeah, and Ugh. I mean I the first thing that came to my head is like a a handle glue up of like scales on a full tang knife and just like mixing up the epoxy and the screwdrivers and giving you get everything lined up and the scales on and. I would, I would, the maker (laughs) community. That's sexual or anything. Just, I just, I I feel like I could hear that happening and and know exactly where the person's at. It's a gentle noise. It's gentle. It's not like a big abrasive. Well, (laughs) all the content creators who listen to the show, and a lot of them listen to this show and Knife Talk, you got to get your A game on. Nobody gives a shit about your shops anymore. You better start like sucking on a drill press or something like that because nobody, <laughs> yeah, yeah. everybody wants to put you some lipstick on and go you know, <laughs> suck on a suck on an anvil horn or something like that because there's no, you're not making it happen. These mukbang people are getting million. They're they're getting making money. So yeah. there you go. I want to see some. Let's. See, I don't. I don't want to see some <laughs> maker mukbang shit. But I'm like, maybe that's the trend you all should <laughs> be getting. Hashtag maker mukbang. Maker yeah. mukbang. All right. So let's do <laughs> one more story each, and then um, we'll get the fuck out of here. What do you got, Craig? Anything? Okay. This is my last one. Uh, Manchester Evening News. Um, teenager who karate kicked a 74 year old man <laughs> into the River Mersey oh, says in court, "I'm sorry. Everyone makes mistakes." <laughs> I love that they karate kicked him. Like, karate kicked the 74-year-old man <laughs> into the River Mersey. Uh, everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> As if he'd slept or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. He did a full-on Daniel LaRusso. <laughs> yeah, like the crane. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Oh, God. I love that uh, shit. I, lo- I love yeah. that shit. All right, so I'm going to give you a couple, and you guys can figure out. You can decide. I, I, I do have. Actually, oh, good, I do good, have good. One give me more. one. Okay, and this is not a, a crazy one. Like I said, I, did, I looked up the wrong kind of stories. <laughs> Anyways, uh, scientists grow plants on lunar soil. So I guess a while back, oh. soil samples were taken from the moon, and they've been doing some experimenting to see um, what the viability is of growing things in lunar soil. If there's like a mixture or if you can do it in straight lunar soil, uh, and they've found that you actually can uh, grow plants on lunar soil, which gives them um, hope for... That's in the Earth's atmosphere, though, isn't it? (laughs) Well, so like if they created some sort of like uh, biodomes or whatever, they they can do some terraforming on on the moon and they can grow their own stuff there. I guess they definitely lacks some of the, the nutrient qualities on the, rather than earth soil. But um, obviously you can 
do some blends or take some soil up there with you. But the fact that it'll grow in lunar soil itself um, is, I guess, a big step forward. Did you guys ever yeah. see the movie or read the book The Martian? Yes. yes. I did both. I've read the book, then saw the movie. I loved it. Okay. But yeah, he did some of it on, on Mars myself. there, doesn't he? Yeah. We did, well, I read the book too, and that is such an awesome story. Mm. That's like mm. – that's the real survival story. I love sure. that story. That was a dynamite, dynamite story. Awesome. I remember yeah. my wife and I read the book and we went to see the movie and we were both like, we knew it was going to happen, but we still were like curling up in our seats like, oh my mm. God, this is, you know, it was awesome. Yeah. I think it's great. I, I I love all that shit. That shit is the best. Yeah. It's like a modern day desert island film, wasn't it? You know, you're sure. trapped up there and yeah. Brilliant stuff. I, I loved it. I just watched uh, Interstellar, which is a movie that came out back in 2014 with mm. Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway and Matt Damon's actually in it too. Uh, and Matt Damon's a scientist like on this remote exoplanet. But in the movie, he's like a complete fucking asshole, <laughs> which is very opposite <laughs> to The Martian. It was a crazy movie, yeah. though. It's about like black holes and time travel and stuff. It was, it was a trip. But it was very interesting. That. I gotta see that. It's re- it was really good. I, I What's was the pleasantly one G- surprised. Jennifer Lawrence, where they're stuck up in space. What's that one? Jennifer Lawrence? Jennifer Lawrence. Is the yeah, astronaut's wife? Or time traveler's wife? No, no, she's in, she's in space. No, I, um, I think it was, wasn't it, uh, wasn't it uh, with George Clooney and uh, Sandra Bullock, right? Well, there's that one as well. Yeah, let me find out for you. It was good. All right, I'm going to give you two choices. Okay. Two choices. Uh, bizarre smuggling attempts, including pigeons in pants, monkeys up shirts, and turtle disguises, hamburgers. Or I love smuggling stories. Nico and I love smuggling stories. That that might be my favorite story of all time. Is a smuggling story. Or U.S. man receives final paycheck of nine hundred fifteen dollars in oil covered pennies with a fuck you note. So there's your two choices. Or you know, let's, let's go with the turtles. Right, we could do both. Uh, so this is from the mirror. From the mirror. Oh, uh, this is what you call a lot of bottle. A smuggler trying to sneak in booze to a teetotaling Saudi Arabia using concealed pockets in his trousers. The, the, the bottles were covered in traditional white robes, but customs officials noticed how oddly he was walking and soon discovered his boozy swag. He now faces jail and a possible public flogging. Here's another wow. one. A cheeky monkey stuffing a live monkey up your blouse and claiming to be pregnant sounds like a comedy bit, but that's not ex- that's exactly what happened to American uh, Gypsy Lawson, uh, 29, did to, sn- to sneak a drugged rhesus monkey in the United States in 2008. Uh, at first, she got away with it, flying to Thailand from with her mother without raising suspicion, but both were arrested after she bragged to an assistant in a clothes shop who alerted the FBI. And then that's genius because even if they're scanning her, it would just look like a baby, wouldn't it? I mean, a fucked up baby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, like, yes, but you know, go, I mean, you gotta like, her name's Gypsy, so you know, you gotta imagine. No, her that name was Gypsy anyway. Her name was Gypsy. It wasn't. She was a Gypsy. <laughs> uh, would you dis- would you disguise a consign uh, consignment of spicy sausages uh, to smuggle them from Mexico to Texas? Well, a 21 year old from South Texas put them in baby nappies in 2008. Security got wind of her plot when she told them the nappies were soiled. Ugh. And then uh, a man called Lee tried to smuggle his pet turtle on a flight to Beijing, disguised as a hamburger. Staff <laughs> noticed an odd protrusion sticking out of the KFC burger in his bag and found the smack- snack had a hard shell and a startling surprise. 
Um, California, Californian uh, Jeremy James smuggled three live iguanas into Los Angeles in his prosthetic leg after taking them from a nature reserve in Fiji. He oh, sold wow. the trio of endangered reptiles for nearly twenty thousand grand, twenty thousand, uh, twenty thousand euros, before his home was raided and another four seized. Uh, Customs sought Svetlana of uh, something or other of Ukraine trying to smuggle hashish uh, in the battery compartment of her vibrator when she got to Kiev from New <laughs> Delhi in 2007. Uh, two of her favorite things, perhaps. And it's all pong. <laughs> Smugglers tried to transport 814 turtles and 160 king cobras through Malaysia beneath a truckload of garlic in 2009. The protected reptiles were hidden in bags under 2.3 tons of garlic to disguise their distinct pong. Uh, however, local authorities smelled a rat and released the reptiles back into the jungle. So, Oh, jeez. Oh, there's actually a couple more. <laughs> After smuggling 11,000 grand worth of drugs in their backsides, Georgia something or other and Nathan Smith gave the game away with a cocky selfie. They went from London to Plymouth to sell crack cocaine and heroin. Uh, carefully concealed where the sun don't shine, but police who stopped their car this year found the mobile phone selfie of them posing with a stash of the ill-gotten cash. So they, so they, they, these people <laughs> can't people keep their mouth so shut. Dumb. Yeah, uh, putting contraband inside a plaster cast is an old scam, but one Chilean drug mule took a step further by wearing a cast made of cocaine in 2009. Officials in Barcelona said the 66-year-old smuggler may have broken his shin deliberately. So the cast was convincing. Oh, fuck. Fuck. And then uh, two British-based drug mules had harebrained scheme to smuggle uh, 175,000 grand or euros worth of cocaine from Jamaica to London by hiding them inside their wigs. Uh, Bald cunts. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't get much better than that. Both had uh, their derby stuff with two kilograms of drugs into black socks stitched under their syrups. Under their syrups. I don't know what that means. Uh, they hope to earn... Syrup fake, wig. Uh, grainy surveillance video caught uh, caught drug smugglers at Arizona-Mexico uh, border using a makeshift catapult to fling small bales of marijuana across the border. At least four men were spotted. <laughs> um, who, who Discovering 45 pounds of marijuana, they were flinging across the... Oh, my the God. Thing. And uh, there's a lot of here, but I'll I'll just do one more. Uh, In March this year, police discovered a plot to smuggle a thieving dwarf out of Britain to his native (laughs) Romania. A pal had posted on Facebook message appealing to help for holidaymakers to sneak out this 38-inch fugitive known as, quote, the midget in a suitcase. A friend wrote, uh, he's done a lot of stupid stuff here. He broke into a gas station in an elephant castle and also into some houses, and he's done some cards. I won't go into details, but he's being looked for here, and he wants to go back to Romania. Finally, it wasn't clear if the pot went ahead or if the police had foiled him. So a guy's trying to smuggle his way out. Uh, I've got two dwarf stories. Let's, let's, one is a real story, and one is in the news. Go ahead. Um, so I'll tell you the real story first. It involved my mother. Um, so years and years and years ago. I, I was a kid at the time, and um, my, mum had, my mum had gone out. She was shopping, and she, she'd come across an old friend of hers from school. Um, and they're, they're chatting away, and it's a good sort of five, ten minutes. And she turned down, <laughs> and she, God, I can't even say it without laughing. She ruffled the hair then of what she thought was her child. Oh said, and who's this little fella then? And she went, oh, that's my husband. <laughs> oh, my God. 
<laughs> and who's this little fella then? Um, which, which also I found in the, in the news today. Um, a dwarf was handed crayons and a colouring book <laughs> as a couple sat down for a romantic dinner. Oh, my God. <laughs> Those poor fucking guys. Oh, actually. There you I, go. Uh, bring, it, bring it home. Bring us home, Marac. I'll bring us okay. home. So there's a lake outside of Las Vegas that's been drying up because of um, just because of dry weather out there and because of a severe drought and barrels with bodies inside of them have been starting to show up. They've come across a couple that they are dating back to the seventies and eighties, but they are anticipating as deeper parts of the lake become to become revealed that they're going to come across more of them. So basically mob mob hits and and there are like bullet shots to the head. And then these bodies are in barrels and they're in sunken into this lake. And now they're starting to come back out. I wonder how many they're going to find. That's going to be the story. Like, cause I mean, you know, it's like these, it's like uh, the woman who faked her pregnancy. I mean, the first time work, let's keep going, you know? Yeah. Can't get much better than that. Jeez Louise. Mareko Momasi, chop knives, Craig Lockwood. The guys are here. They celebrated our two-year anniversary, and I cannot thank you enough, guys. Go follow. You already follow Mareko Momasi, Momasi Fire Arts, and you also follow Craig Lockwood, Chop Knives. I appreciate you. I appreciate you two especially. We've been having a great time. I think we've been doing Knife Talk for four years. Is that right, Craig? Something like that? I'm getting there. Yeah. I feel like. Something like that. Yeah. So. I want to thank you guys for that. I want to once again thank Craig Lockwood for making it happen. I want to thank the listeners for being so supportive of the podcast. I also want to thank the sponsors. You guys have been terrific, and I appreciate it. I can't do it without you. I got one more to go. I got, uh, we got, uh, to next week is Matt Stagmer is going to come in. We're going to talk about before he's getting ready for Blade Show. We're going to talk to him. And then I'm taking a couple weeks off. But. I've made a decision. So I'm either going to be playing old episodes. I found old episodes of the Downward Spiral. We might be posting those, or I might have a guest fill-in host. So with that said, guys, thanks again. It's been a great two years. Here's to more of them. Craig, Mareko, I'll talk to you on Friday. Thank you so much for being here with me, especially as I know it's early for you, Mareko. And guys, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network.